Hey everyone, Mitch here just jumping in to let you know that Not Good Enough are going on summer break. We're going to be taking the next few weeks to just log off and touch grass and vibe. And so there's not going to be any normal episodes jumping into the feed, but we are leaving ourselves the option of doing some summer programming, which is basically just if we want to record anything, we might chuck it up in the feed. So no promises that you'll get any content, you content hoglets, but you might get some bonus stuff. Um, If you are fiending for some Australian political podcasts, though, Definitely go check out Ozpol Snack Pod, Floodcast, and the newly launched Serious Danger. They are fantastic. Um, but we will be back in the new year. We are recording the next regular normal pod on uh, January 9th. That's a Sunday. And I'm telling you what day we'll be recording and not what day we'll be releasing it. Because as always, fuck schedules. But hope you enjoy the app and we'll see you in the new year. You're listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Mitch Alexander. I'm Tom McLean. I'm Tom Lang. And I'm Evie. And we're still back in person. It's not special anymore. Oh. <laughs> we're just doing it. We're just doing it now because we can. Fuck it. <laughs> like, I, it does, so part of me does feel like we should just fucking cram it in because. Mm. But, like, I, be, <laughs> we don't want to say the word Omicron. Fuck, there was a lot in that pause there. <laughs> but only because, like, you know when people sort of like, you should live your everyday like it's your last. And that mm. doesn't really sink in because it's like, oh, death's inevitable. But who gives a shit? I'm also young and bulletproof. But the, the, the pandemic has definitely gotten to a point of just like, what if we have another lockdown? I won't die. I'll just be bored. <laughs> Dan Andrews promised us that he wouldn't do another lockdown. Mitch, he sent a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I too love magical thinking. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, it does, it does make me think of like last summer when we finally got to hang out in person again. We didn't record again because like we, at that point, we couldn't be asked. But also like, we were like, oh, you know, hanging out and we're like, oh, it's nice. We're, not, we're never going to see the damned coronavirus again. And then just like the, almost the entire next year just spent in lockdown again. So it's like, okay, yeah, let's, let's cram it all in now. <laughs> I was hanging out with my parents a couple of weeks ago and it really, I think their generation really milks growing up in the shadow of the Cold War a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that bad. Like in Australia, sure, some Russian guy might have pushed a button and you could have all died, but that didn't happen. Also, at least that's instantaneous. Right? (laughs) I would would love love the shadow of nuclear holocaust, honestly. That would be a walk in the park. Right, because compared to the shadow of climate change, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's going to be nuclear holocaust, but on the bright side, drawn out over many decades. <laughs> it's going to be a slow nuclear holocaust. <laughs> Here's the big difference between nuclear holocaust and climate change, and I'm glad we're starting on a high point. <laughs> we just feel so good recording in person. <laughs> nuclear holocaust happens. Sorry, go on, yeah. Nuclear holocaust happens when someone makes a very bad mistake and pushes the button. Uh But climate change happens unless a whole lot of people work very, very hard to push a different button. (laughs) And currently, they just are just fucking about. One of the guys who did the... Um, friggin' coal uh, blockade Australia yeah. thing. Did you see the video of the guy who snuck into a coal factory and like oh, pushed, yeah. the, pushed the shutdown button? Yeah, that's, that's I mean, like we, we've spoken about the badassness of people. You know, like 
chaining themselves in zombie cars and climbing on top of a coal train. But this guy, he wasn't like in any kind of barricade or really in any kind of precarious situation. Mm-hmm. But as somebody who has gone through a university degree's worth of engineering or mm-hmm. training, the idea of somebody just sneaking in to a coal mine scale facility and just being like, I'm going to push that button is fucking insane for me. Like, that is one of the craziest videos I've ever seen of guy just being like shifty, like Simpsons dog eyes back and forth. <laughs> Bip, like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I just think as well, but like to keep in mind, like that seems like it could be extremely dangerous as well. But luckily, most mining sites are mostly automatic and there's no one on site to injure. So it's pretty much a victimless crime. But that's another thing. thing to keep in mind when they're like, oh, we've got to remember all the jobs. For- <laughs> yeah. They're all above ground. Yeah, those robots that are going to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> because that's. That's the thing also, those emergency stop buttons, um, they don't shut off the miners getting paid. <laughs> the emergency stop wage button that bosses... No! <laughs> they just shut down the machines and they're designed to shut down those machines as quickly and safely as possible because that's their purpose. Mm. I will say though that he's definitely not pressing the like big red emergency shut down button he's just pressing some fucking button no he's not no, 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 no. he's pressing the button you can't press, he presses the emergency yeah button. it's the big he button wasn't just, he wasn't no god that's <laughs> dangerous in the footage there's a big bunch of six buttons and he doesn't press the one that's by itself away from everything so I would have thought that the emergency shutdown button would at least be like somewhat isolated from some more buttons but there's a row of six no, he's like this is the one the, you want an emergency shutdown button to be as like visible and yeah, like and this there. is just the one button that's like being worn away it's just I, like we put it right yeah. next to the speed up and attack people button <laughs> Fuck it. I think that video wasn't of. There was like a separate incident where they're like, this isn't the video of that incident. This is. Oh, he set up a dummy button to press (laughs) for the gram and then he actually pressed the real shot. I'm at the decoy terminal. versus reality. (laughs) It's just a a podcast soundboard. (laughs) 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 Reaches over. (laughs) 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 But that's the thing. Me, 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 (laughs) me. Everyone who's worked. Everyone who's worked anywhere near big machines always really wants to push that button, but you're not allowed because then you push that button, everything shuts down and it takes a while to start it back up again. But God, that's just being able to push it for good. That's why they're all so mad at him. (laughs) (laughs) We're not allowed to push the button. We're not allowed to push the button. That's what gets my co-workers class consciousness (laughs) up. If you own this place, you can push the buttons. Here's the thing from the podcast. Here's the message you've got to take away if you work at a coal mine. You're listening. You can push the button. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing stopping you is your your freaking psychic psychological chains that the that the man's <laughs> placed on you. Yeah. The only thing you have to lose are your chains that stop you from pushing buttons. Push the buttons. <laughs> I mean as I mean you will also lose your job. But <laughs> But, but it'd be worth it. Job. It is an emergency and it is an evil job. And also you should definitely press a button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's the Greta Thunberg, you know, we've got to start acting like the house is on fire. Yeah. Like if you've got a big button that says put the fire out on the house, <laughs> you're allowed to push it. We've got to start start as acting like the house is on fire, but not like that. <laughs> Imagine the chutzpah of that like d- disciplinary meeting of of the like, the guy getting fired for like shutting down the coal mine by pushing the emergency. What was the emergency? Climate change. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Like, even I was okay. being by that. No, <laughs> no, 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 yes, it's an emergency. 
Gary, fucking, you know, come on. A position that I deeply and passionately believe in being like, oh, fuck you, though. Yeah, yeah, we need to act fast on climate change, but not with pedantry, cunt. <laughs> it doesn't mean that emergency. They're in a BHP team meeting and he's like, okay, everybody, so the BHP board has come to the uh, agreement that we are going to acknowledge the climate emergency. And one of the engineers in the background just hits the button. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from the top. <laughs> hit the button on PowerShop. Yeah. So speaking of, of companies that have hit their own button, uh, <laughs> PowerShop, uh, who you might know as like that power company that's all pink, which means it's green and it's like, we're renewable. We're not one of the big bad guys. Um, join with us if you care about climate change. Has recently been bought by Shell. Um, <laughs> We're in the worst timeline. Where's my podcast soundboard? <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like an own goal because all of their company, all of their customers hate Shell. And so... And hate, like, just existing power companies. Like, I mean, we all got each other onto PowerShop, like, however many years ago. And, like, the the initial, like, sort of temptation of PowerShop is that not only did you have, like, green options, but also, like, there was huge discounts involved if you bought it in, like, advance. So, you could buy all, like, the power packs and everything. Mm. I guess, like, the writing on the wall was, like, about a year ago, they discontinued the power pack option. Mm. So, like, then... Like, PowerShop became as expensive as every other provider. But it was green. I think, yeah. Mine wasn't green. (laughs) (laughs) The power pack thing was always, honestly, a little bit fiddly for me, and I didn't quite understand it. But I was with them because they weren't the other companies. They had that, like, plucky thing. I could buy 100% renewables, all that shit. You know, they didn't own gas... Generators like a lot of the other <laughs> yeah, I, I, company they hadn't spent decades sort of <laughs> yeah. undermining the cause of yeah. climate change. And also, the they got government. really involved in community projects. Yeah. They also got involved in like setting up solar panels for series. Is that like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were always partnering with people like Environment Victoria, series in Melbourne. Um, and I think a lot of my consumer choices are based on spite mostly. <laughs> yeah. Where I'm like, I'm going to give it to these guys as a fuck you to the other guys. Mm. Yeah, that was explicitly their business model. And uh, a little while ago, they got together with GetUp. And GetUp were running campaigns where like you go to the GetUp website and it had like, go to PowerShop, changeover, we'll take care of half the mm. stuff. Really quick changeover, go green, stick it to the fossil fuels. And then PowerShop had like links back to GetUp campaigns. Like we're socially conscious. We're helping with all these different sort of things. Mm. Then they sell to Shell. They've betrayed us. But, like, genuinely, they have taken their... I, I, I can't think of even just a better farcical analogy of, like, company does X and then gets bought out by the complete opposite of X. Mm-mm-mm. Like, exactly what they said they would never do and they didn't stand for and all of it. Bloody Apple getting bought by Orange. <laughs> See, now both of those are real companies, which is very confusing. See, the problem- Immediately confusing. Yeah. And like, what I think, what I think is funny about that, McLean, is I could watch in your, on your face in real time, the fact that you won't be able to edit this properly so that joke will stay in. Those jokes usually don't make it into an episode, and it's so fantastic to just know, and it's like, oh no. No part of me wanted to cut this joke. Just like, this is going to land like yeah. a fucking bag of wet sand. 
<laughs> I also love that we live in the era of late capitalism where you literally can't say two nouns without them being <laughs> companies. Yeah. I'm struggling right now to think it's of literally, words that yeah. Care. Yeah, oh, they make it as like it's like when you notice like that beer brands and stuff like that are becoming like really like generic sounding, like the yeah. colonial brewing company or something like yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you out in specific, but like whatever. Um but like it's becoming really generic. Even like places that you go, like the general store or something like that. Well, yeah. what yeah, the every, fuck? Everything's just like a fucked spelling, like fripper with no E or something. <laughs> or just a dictionary word that you cannot trademark. <laughs> word. They've ruined language. Yeah. Um, so Sorry. Shell, I mean, so Power, I, I don't know what happened in the backroom deal behind this. Because it's got to be fucked. Like, presumably there was briefcases of money or daughters being held hostage or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> but but also PowerShop is a very small company. So, Shell probably was just passing by and sucked it into its bailing. So, like, the, th- the thing was PowerShop is, was owned by a New Zealand company. Mm. They, and Shell offered through them to buy it off of them. Mm, okay. And so, this is, this is one of the things I wanted to talk about with this is that when people talk about how um, capitalism is antithetical to cl- like climate action mm. and working against the climate apocalypse, one of the issues, depending on which fucking country that you're in, if you are a publicly traded company, you have shareholders and whatnot, you have different legal obligations mm. to not only consider deals, but also take them. So it's conceivable that PowerShop's original owners would have faced some sort of charge, maybe huge fines or you know be banned from trading or anything else if they didn't take this yeah, the fiduciary duty yourself. to maximize the value to the shareholder. Yeah, this is the same problem that you've seen, especially in the United States, but also happens over here. When you try to get universities to divest from places, especially uh, fossil mm. fuel industries, they can't do it because they're legally obliged to uphold the workings of capitalism mm. by maximizing profits for shareholders. And like, of course, a fossil fuel company can offer the best deal imaginable. That's yeah. That's- I, I think you've got to like then. I, I don't think this is something that like an individual person can do. But like, you know, getting on the podcast saying, "Hey, by the way, if you're with PowerShop, they're Shell now. You're with PowerShell. You know, you got to <laughs> get away from that." Is like. If, if they hemorrhage enough customers sort of thing, mm. then oh, it turns out that accepting an amazing deal from fossil fuels causes you to mm. lose value overall. Like, obviously, it needs to be a big shift away. Mm. But, like, that sort of thing, you know, the, the, the university is like, oh, we've got to maximize our profits by, div- like, so yeah. we can't divest. It's like, how are your profits going if constantly your campus has demonstrations on it? Yeah. Like, That's not even the thing is is fossil fuels are actively a bad investment. Yeah. They have done a lot of studies. I mean, they've just looked at investment firms and they've showed that investments that do include fossil fuels do worse than investments that don't. Yeah. Um, and so by staying with fossil fuels, universities and other organizations are actively losing money. But it's there's some weird thing going on where I think it's like that shareholder responsibility thing, Mitch, obviously is, is measured according to various economic, you know, formulas. Mm. But those economic formulas also lie because they don't factor in things like the shifting global marketplace. <laughs> They're forced to follow these economic yeah. laws that were lies that were come up with by the kind of economists who've put us in the position we are now that go... Oh, but an extractive economy based on fossil fuels must be good because coal is cheap power or whatever. It's just and long term. Works. It's just long term versus short term. It's legit. Mm. Like the, at the moment, you can see you know number go down mm. on fossil fuel stuff, but Shell comes along and has a big, really quick injection mm. of number go up. Uh, okay, I guess I guess we should like, do it. 
Yeah, but the, but the fact that capitalism legally constrains morality is a genuine impediment to fixing the climate. And I, th- mm. I think people sort of, th- and it's very easy, especially through Sky News and whatnot, to just think that the whole, like, capitalism has to go is, like, a tagline for socialists and communists at the end of their climate thing, mm. where it's just like, if you want to fix the climate, you don't have to get rid of capitalism. And it's like, no, you, li- you literally fucking do because if you change the laws for power shop and their like, parent company to get around this, then that's not capitalism. <laughs> You've done it. Just like- to, and also, like, just to take, like, a sort of a, a sidestep in, like, a similar direction, um, it, the, I think this whole thing and, like, the reaction to PowerShop being bought by Shell, another thing that it really pointed out to me is just the fading social license of mm, fossil fuels. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy that, like, um, you know, it's being adopted so much in sports and I've spoken about this before and people have tried to highlight that, like, you know, because they're losing profits in other ways, they're trying to shore up social yeah. cachet by being sponsors in sporting leagues and that sort of mm. thing. But... They've perhaps left it too late because even like normal people are like, hang on, why is BHP sponsoring my team now? Yeah. And they Gross. like, you know, right. yeah, like it, they've lost enough favor um, that it feels like the tide is starting to turn and that people <laughs> won't accept it in the same way they decided that, you know, actually um, tobacco sponsorship is. Mm, that's, yeah. So yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. And that leads into some other shit about PowerShop and Shell specifically. But when you talk about um, like tobacco and cigarette sponsorships, I like F1. I will pirate all of the races. And if, and if they got rid of I gave you a Kyo login. <laughs> and I, I also don't pay for Kyo. Um, <laughs> but, like, I if, if it disappeared overnight, that would be a net good for humanity and I want that to happen. Mm. However, it's not, so I'll watch it. Um, but one of the main things that happened there was that a big sponsor of Ferrari for the longest time was Marlboro. Yeah. Mm. And then F1, when cigarette companies were shown to be the most evil corporations and filled with the most evil people on earth, mm. oh, yeah. F1 went, oh, we should probably not have your like logo plastered across our cars. And so Marlboro went, okay, that, that's, yep, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll wear that. Didn't advertise for like a year. And then a vape company appeared uh, and oh, yeah. and 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 different other companies were just sort of made and they started sponsoring Ferrari and you look into it and they are just all these other companies that some of them exist only to have a logo that sort of looks like the old Marlboro logo, oh but they God. don't sell tobacco. So oh, that's far. Yeah, so it's just reminiscent of the thing. Oh, what man. What are you even advertising for? <laughs> More cigarettes. Yeah, but it's and, just the long I'll, way again, around. Social cachet. Yeah. Like I, like, I think of, like, a lot of, like, the sports I watched as a kid and, like, so many things had tobacco sponsorship. Like, I can't yeah. think of the Rugby League Cup as, like, the like anything other than the Winfield Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the um, you know, cricket Benson and Hedges Shield. Like, oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, like, but like, <laughs> I was nodding along. It, it, sorry, it, but, I don't know what the fuck you're talking. But about. like, I, like, I because of the sponsorship, like, it, you know, you think of like even just sporting venues, like Etihad Stadium, yeah, uh, like which is now Marvel Stadium. Uh, but <laughs> <Sounds> like, <laughs> but like, yeah, like it, it, it's so. It's part of social cachet and, like, people unthinkingly saying the brand when they're referring to a place or a, 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 a competition yeah. or anything like that. Like, you know, it, it's it's important for them to shore that up now when they're fading in popularity. Well, I mean, this this is the thing. Like, just like, you know, the, the vape company to Marlboro, 
what, what Shell, Shell want to do with this is put power shop everywhere. Yeah. Mm. And it's just like power shop. And you'll power see shop, power it shop, everywhere. It will increase so much. Yeah, 100%. And like, don't do use power shop anymore. Actions this week. Yeah. D- ditch them straight away <laughs> because that any money that goes through them now is going to Shell and that's the exact opposite of what you want. Mm. Yeah. That's also lot- the opposite of what they wanted, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking sell out. There's a lot of reasons this helps Shell. Um, yeah. And one of them is that now they can, they can have another avenue of profit. They can say that this is Shell being green, Shell supporting renewables. Well, oh, Shell's already giving you yeah, your energy. Yeah, they already gave you the email, like, when you, like, try to sign away, they're like, oh, actually, we're, we're focusing on renewables. <laughs> <laughs> Shell announced they want to go net zero by 2050. Basically, Are you stopping okay. fossil fuels at all? <laughs> no, 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 no. Basically, anything Shell does, fuck them. They had their chance yeah. in the yeah. 80s. Yeah. Um, they're still, like, they still put vastly more money into fossil fuel extraction, exploration, and advertisement Mm -hmm. than they do into renewables. Shell spends more money trying to convince you they're green than actually being green. (laughs) Amazing. That's fucking amazing. Um, That's grim. And so, yeah, fuck them entirely. Uh, (laughs) The purchase of PowerShop came out of their uh, budget for advertising. (laughs) It could well have. I mean, so so this is is a big part of it for me. Like, the the nitty-gritty of this sort of stuff is... um, like like you said, they're spending more money on, you know, pretending to be green with advertising than actually doing it. Mm. And something that I've said a few times on the pod is like, uh, you know, capitalism's going to try and save us and these companies have the capital to pivot. And like, like you said, they fucking missed their chance. Shell knew from, you know, 60s or 70s that fossil fuel was really bad for the environment and we, it would be phased out. So they could have back then started to invest in mm. like green infrastructure and like technologies and all that sort of stuff to do it. But what they're doing now with this greenwashing is really pernicious. It's really fucking horrible because, like, they they want to go net zero by 2050, not gross zero, net zero. Net zero. And so they have so much money now that they can essentially buy companies that are already green and just use that to underwrite their investments. So, like, if Shell are producing 50 carbon and PowerShop are drawing down 10 carbon, then Shell buys PowerShop and they go, actually, now we're only emitting 40 carbon now overall. But if they do that, then they can go, oh, because we've got that drawdown of 10, we could increase it back to 50 mm. because we're actually in a better position than we were. Or yeah. we could increase it to 45, mm. not back to 50. But in real world terms, that is just an increase on the carbon that has been emitted by Shell. Yeah, they're just shops- fiddling with the fucking numbers. <laughs> power yeah. Shop's not getting greener by being bought by Shell. Yeah. They're, the, yeah. they're still doing the best they can. Also, they're not even drawing yeah. down That's carbon the out of the atmosphere. They're just at zero. Best but they've case got scenario. Good green branding. So they're just like, well, we count as negative. Here's, yeah. Here's the other Shell thing. Shell is not actually trying to be carbon zero. They're just trying. Wait, wait, <laughs> like, it, it's like Australia where we say, oh, we're going to be bloody zero net, net carbon by 2050. No. What Shell, what Australia want to do is the ScoMo technique is just say you're going to do some shit so people get off your case and you can keep doing the wrong shit. (laughs) Shell doesn't give the slightest shit what's actually going to happen to the environment or they wouldn't be doing all this bad shit. They're they're just going to do some fiddling. They're going to pay off some lawmakers. They're going to keep polluting as fast as they can. Um, uh, and, And, yeah, so it's not even that this is cooking the books to seem carbon neutral. It's cooking the culture 
to seem carbon neutral. Totally. That reminds me, oddly, of an interview that I read with Mel Brooks mm. uh, recently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was talking about, like, getting movies made and, like, making yeah. good stuff in Hollywood. And he was like, the thing that you do is say yes and then don't do it. Mm-hmm. I was in a movie. I was in a meeting with an executive when I was making Blazing Saddles and they didn't like Gene Wilder. They didn't like how he looked. And so I said, yep, he's gone. You won't see him again. That's it. <laughs> I just didn't fire him. <laughs> just say yes and then don't do it. And it like yeah. it's fucking Shell's like that's that's Shell's approach to stopping climate change is like, yeah, we're working really hard on it. Yo, that's well, well, that's the thing with that is like it's not like they've ever gotten any consequences for it. So why would they start yeah, doing exactly. it now? Yeah, things have only ever been good for Shell for the last checks watch 55 years. <laughs> it's, it's Except fine. Except for the fact that none of their children have a future. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they're a company. They don't have children. The people that are there who are evil have children. But again, <laughs> coming back to like the legality of it all, it's like if you get rid of that, then the, the person who steps into the role is probably going to, you know, you know, shrug his shoulders and be like, look, I'm obliged to do it and yeah. my children might suffer, but I, I'm not responsible for the company shell. That's its own entity. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I'm even skeptical that any of the executives in shell are running the joint. I think it's a super organism. Yeah. Um, it's a, it is a system uh, that has created its own, you know, tidal movements. It's like you take a, a colony of bees. The queen isn't in charge. She's a slave like the rest of them. But as a collective- <laughs> the system, man. <laughs> as a collective, they they make decisions with each individual part. Not, yep. I don't know where I'm going with this. I mean, all the executives in Shell absolutely should be tried because, you know, you kill the queen and the nest does die. Um, <laughs> yeah, it might not be in charge, but there definitely is some, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> normative leadership happening. Um, so, I want to get a bit specific about, about some of this power stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah please. Because you've probably been seeing, you know- it's actually been quite nice seeing after after PowerShot got bought by Shell all of the other little scrappy companies that are what PowerShot yes. probably used to be a bit like. Like um, there's CoPower or Energy Locals, which are sort of related. There's Amber Electricity. I've got Reamped. Reamped. They, they definitely. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I did the power comparison via the Victorian website, but and they were like one of the ones recommended to me. And like comparing the prices, I went with them, and also like availability of green power and that sort of thing. But their advertising was very similar to power shops. I like. I'm not stupid. I'm a millennial, and I'm appealed to by pretty colors and your aesthetic. Fix yeah. your palette, your, power. And, that's what the problem is. <laughs> yeah, they had, and reamped, reamped used a healthy amount of teal, and that's what it got me. In. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, they've just got a site by Squarespace and sold me. <laughs> and so what I love Look at the size of the squares on this layout. <laughs> I remember very clearly when I signed up, and I was like, oh, there's no, there's no app for this. How can I keep an eye? It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Evie, listen to yourself. <laughs> Look, all of the content of this website is below the fold. I've got to scroll down so far. This is beautiful. <laughs> Just a full screen image of somebody frigging plugging in a lamp. Yeah, it's smiling <laughs> oh. like no one ever has when plugging in a lamp. <laughs> Look at these chunky cartoon people. I feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> um, so what I love is all of these companies getting very sassy on Twitter yeah. and Instagram. Um, Amber Electricity is my favourite. They put our little... Uh, like a little letter in loving memory of PowerShop. <laughs> this, this week, we farewelled PowerShop as a partner in the fight against climate change. Oh, that rules. Yeah. Following a short battle with their conscience, PowerShop succumbed to a takeover <laughs> by Shell. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going with Amber. One of the largest oil and gas companies. We take a moment to look back and celebrate the PowerShop we knew and admired 
Past tense. As a partner in climate action, PowerShop that aspired to be the greenest energy company in Australia. PowerShop is survived by their customers. Australians of all walks of life united by a desire to fight climate change. I'm really trying so hard not to soy face right now. (laughs) I'm failing. And so it goes on. So that's that's really nice. and That's here's great. the thing, okay. you do have a lot of other good options. Changing power companies is so easy. It's like changing your super company now. It's, they, it, they, they do del- the They made it quite easy because of, like, how difficult it used to be. Everyone yeah. shouted for long enough that, like, you can actually change it with relative ease now. And here's the thing, um, and, and power stuff can be quite confusing, um, especially because you've got power generators um, and you've got power retailers. So the generators and whatever you want to call it, you know, you got various parts of the network, but the generators who actually make the power, you know, who own the power plants and own the solar panels, those are companies. They sell the power to the middlemen. Those are your power companies like PowerShop. Those are your retailers. Sometimes a retailer also owns some generators, um, like, you know, Origin or whatever. AGL owns some, some power plants. But someone like Amber or CoPower or PowerShop, they are just buying and selling power. And right, because so everything's just plugged into the same network. It's all plugged into the same network. They don't own any assets uh, often. Um, so, they're buying power from the power companies and they're selling it to you. Um, and the other thing about the power network that seems confusing is all the power is just in one big pile. The coal power electricity and the solar power electricity. It's all electricity. It all just gets thrown in the same pile like money. Um, all the money in your bank account is just numbers regardless of where it comes from. Um, and so when you're buying power from a power company, the most important thing is in Australia, uh, you can buy something called green power. And that means that the money you spend on your power goes to renewable power companies. Um, like generators. To the, to the renewable power generators. Yeah. It goes to solar power plants rather than to coal power plants. Because that is the number one thing. You can't control the electricity, but you can control the money. Mm. Um, so, if your money goes to a solar company, that's the number one thing. doesn't matter where your electrons come from because electrons are all the same. You can control where your money goes. So, yeah, no matter which pump power company you sign up to, um, and there are some good reasons to sign up to different ones, make sure that you check out that they're giving you green power. It's often slightly more. So you can choose, you know, if you want to be 50% green power or 100% or 0%. Um, if you don't get green power, you're just getting the Victorian energy mix, which is mostly brown right, coal. That really should be opt out, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's sort of the, the, mm. the mix of power that you're buying describes the billing situation, yeah. not the power situation. Yeah. Like when I turn my light on, that light electricity is not, oh, I'm with X power company, so it's using yeah. 100% green electricity, yeah. or I'm with Y company, so it's using 100% brown. It's just pulling from the same big vat of power that all of Victoria has mm. that's all connected to everywhere. It's just exactly the same mix as next door with a different billing company. Mm. Our lights are running grid. exactly the same mix of green and brown that's power. That's actually a really good way to think about it. It's like, think about how many apartments are about- and how impossible it would be to siphon electricity mm. to like apartments next to each other just if you were getting billed from different places. Never yeah. It doesn't happen like You that. can't run two different electricities across the same cable. Edison <laughs> <laughs> tried it. <laughs> also, like, another thing that I, I, I think um, McLean, your partner, said this um, when we were talking about swift, uh, switching, like, 
providers and stuff like that is just to be ruthless and not put yourself on a contract have no loyalty oh, like yeah. if oh, yeah. any power company could turn on a dime hopefully not co-power they seem to be pretty good <laughs> and they're a collective so well, that's the thing they're a collective yeah. all shell needs to do is have a bunch of people sign up to co-power mm-hmm. yeah. and now they have 50 plus percent voting rights no, like, actually let's make it <laughs> on energy. but like this is the point though like don't like if if you feel that your interests aren't served from it, just hit the bricks. Yeah. You can leave. <laughs> that's that's the other thing as well. Is you, are we are we, are we all signed up to bloody power shop and they went and turned into fuckheads? So we have to move away from that. Let's all switch up to Amber or or, mm. or whatever. And then if they get bought out by Shell in a year, you, mm. you you do just have to switch again. Like the idea of like we had this problem and then we figured out the solution and then we used the solution. And now the problem is solved. Is not the way the world works. You're all like mm. we could. Def- Defeat capitalism, right? Tomorrow, the new economic system would have problems that we would have to fight. There's mm-hmm. never like the idea for a fix for a thing is a fake idea yes. forever. Yeah, there are there are two like odd things on that as well though. Of like when you're talking about you know it, it the the energy that comes into this apartment is you know it might be 100 coal. I don't fucking know how it's all sort of set up, but you can mm-hmm. control where the sort of where the money goes. Mm-hmm. This is, again, why climate change cannot be fixed by individual action. Yeah. Yes. What we need is the Victorian and the federal government to change the fucking grid, to get rid of the coal plants to supply power and put more renewable in. So yeah. when you turn a light on, it doesn't matter if you want your precious coal power, you're not fucking getting it, you're getting wind power yes. electrons. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if, if those green power stations are seen as more profitable, then that can start to shift it, so you should work in the minutia to change it. But it's not on you to do that. It's on grid change. Yeah. But you can change your building situation as much as you want. The thing that actually changes the mix of power in the power reserves that the country has is sneaking into that coal plant and just hitting that button. <laughs> <laughs> but see, this, is, this, is the, this is the other thing on how, you know, it's not about individual actions and whatnot. I was talking to a friend last night who was with PowerShop and has 150 bucks left on, like, mm-hmm. the last power pack that they bought. And he's like, I can't afford to change now. I I just, I have to stay with PowerShop for a while because it was like 300 bucks or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But like, Again, this idea that he like very quickly has to change right now and just throw 300 bucks away when he absolutely cannot afford to do that because he's already budgeted for six months. It, that's totally fucked and it obviously makes him feel bad morally. Well, he doesn't need to switch. Like, if he's already paid them 300 bucks yeah. the, the and it's just there. the billing, but no, no, he's but, already paid them the but money. But PowerShop has X number of members because of him and it could have X minus one if he just instantly fucking left. Oh, but if he instantly fucking left away. and started paying for power elsewhere, then he's effectively donating $300 to PowerShop, <laughs> yeah. which I think is more effective than one member and on also, their And also, Mitch, that. that's also still taking on the individualism. Like it's That's it's what one I'm yeah it's bullshit he of course he could, he can and should yeah stay. And like, like it really like I think this is what really shits me about like the whole principle of like individualism when it comes to climate change yeah. it displaces so much guilt yeah it's really awful and it's just like you know then you like you, I've seen like really OCD people go into like a spiral of self like doubt and hatred yeah. about it of like well I can't do this thing does that mean I'm a bad person yeah, yeah of yeah. course it fucking doesn't but it's designed to make you feel that way yeah. The number one message I usually try to tell people is you can only do what you can do. Do the things you can do to be green. You know, pick your good company, buy your green products, ride your bike where you can, but don't feel guilty about the things that you literally can't do. Yeah. Um, Because we're not going to fix the world by everyone making the right decisions. 
that would be nice. <laughs> but even the people who know the right decisions to make, most of them can't afford the right decisions. Yeah. And, and the structure is made so that the decision mm. is like it's meant to, like the onus is meant to be on you to feel like you're doing the right thing. Yeah. But that's like that doesn't mean it's a situation that's going to be right for you in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so absolutely, like your friend can't throw away 300 bucks to change power company. Um, that's, that's, and he shouldn't feel guilty about not being able to do that. Mm. Um, and one of my favorite examples of the individual collective, uh, sort of difference in solutions is plastic bags. Um, for decades, we had everyone go to the supermarket, you know, try to bring your own bag. Oh, save plastic. Don't buy too much plastic. You know, keep some bags in your car. And then the supermarkets in Victoria stopped giving away as many disposable plastic bags as they could um, and started having like, oh, you got to pay 50 cents for a bag. Oh, bring your own bag. A little bit more pressure. They still have sh- shitloads of plastic constantly in the supermarket. Like it didn't. Also, those plastic surface. bags have not stopped anything. It's so funny to me that they got rid of like the thinner plastic bag. Now sure. they have thicker plastic bag. Everyone still uses anyway. Sure, but the difference is now, including they've changed- myself, <laughs> they've- Evie, they've- <laughs> we're going to talk. Um, they've changed the default because the default yeah. was we'll give you plastic bags and you've got to make an effort to bring your own. Now the default is we won't give you plastic bags. And you have to make an effort to, uh, you know, buy a new one or, or, like, ask for the plastic bags or whatnot. Yeah. And within, like, a month, they saved billions of plastic bags going out into the system. Um, it's still not perfect. And they still uh, uh, have so much fucking plastic. But that is an example of they changed the system. A bunch of boomers complained for a week. And then they went along with it and they brought their own bags. I was about to say that does seem like important of things to come when you think back to the, the beginning of last year with all the toilet paper. And then before mm-hmm. that, all the like bags and the my freedoms are being taken. It's uh. like we could have seen these parliament protests coming from a yeah. long way oh, away. Absolutely. People were like, <laughs> my democratic rights for a plastic right? bag. Like, I'm going to have to go down and stuff a bag into a turtle myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when um like the the people who were like anti-lockdown and saying oh yeah it's against our freedom it's just a virus and that sort of thing mm-hmm. like some people were like really surprised when those same people were like well i'm not going to get vaccinated because it's against my freedoms they, it, the point is is that they're contrarian they just don't want to be told yeah. how to do something it's not even a political position like that's coherent or consistent it is just literally a crying baby who shat their nappies <laughs> and is being told something and no. they're like no, no. <laughs> and it's funny how the same people who thought the virus isn't real are the same people who think masks impinge on our freedoms um, and because those don't things seem like they should be the same but mm, you know <laughs> none of my business though <laughs> I saw a thing out of those protests the anti-lockdown protests where everybody's now started getting sick where <laughs> people were talking about like uh, not like people generally but I, I saw people some conspiracists claiming that like oh they reckon that like the protest was like sprayed with yeah. some like yeah. fire <laughs> weapon. That. that then somebody else was like, "Why weren't the police there getting sick then?" And somebody else being like, "Oh, they were wearing masks." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, they've gone around the horn. <laughs> Where it's like we oh, that's cool. We don't that's super cool. <laughs> we don't trust the government to tell us what's in a vaccine, but we do trust the government when they say they have Havana syndrome. <laughs> Such a, I, I know that we're way off the sort of power shop topic (laughs) but but the anti-lockdown protests really honestly mess with my head in a way that i'd like just have this sort of like 
itch to get a, a whiteboard out and like draw a line down the middle and be like things that the anti-vax protests are right about and things that they're wrong about yeah. it's like you can't trust the government absolutely yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. like even Dan Andrews yeah no he's terrible 100%. big farmer d- cannot trust them no, no way yeah. <laughs> like just so many things where you're like well yeah, yeah. yes yeah Absolutely. Like, no, not that bit. <laughs> not that bit specifically, very wrong. Yeah. So many of the things leading into that were friends. Yeah, that's the thing though. Like so, so much of like conspiracy theory is like identifying the correct problems but having the fucking most yeah. insane possible <laughs> yeah. solution possible. I saw this clip this morning of uh, American like a Fox News uh thing talking about um this there was a school shooter there who was like this white kid and there was this lady talking about like look at this look when it's a black kid who's been killed they use like the roughest meanest looking photo of him that they can find when it's the when it's the you know when it's the white boy doing a shooting they use the most innocent sort of Saintly. beautiful photo so he looks innocent but because they're the trying to team. send the message that no matter how nice a white person looks you can't trust them oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes it's like Wow, yes. I was so on board and oh, <laughs> that, that just like rug out from under me. <laughs> Where did that twist come oh. from? That's amazing. I love it. Oh I've never man. Heard that one. That That's absolutely sick. rules. <laughs> More thuggish white boy photos. <laughs> but yeah, like I've occasionally and and I'm lucky I've found myself with a social group that doesn't seem to have any total anti-vax weirdos but there's like one or two people on my facebook where i'm like whoa you've fallen down some rabbit holes um every now and then in real life i will come across someone who's like i don't think climate change is real or you know i don't think vaccines you know i just don't know about the whole thing and every now and then i try to find common ground with these people by talking about conspiracies that i also believe in because i (laughs) yeah i am on board with lots of conspiracies was a CIA plant. <laughs> yeah. Um, the FBI killed Martin Luther King. The FBI killed, J- killed JFK. <laughs> nah, his head just did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, NASA was all started by Nazis. Uh, light bulbs were all designed to not last very long. The problem is these are actual proven conspiracies. You know, Shell <laughs> knew JFK. about climate change and covered it all up. Post, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but they always seem to find the real conspiracies kind of boring. Yeah. They're just like, ah, yeah, climate change, whatever. That's the thing. Like, one of the overarching sort of theories about QAnon is that, like, it's like a distraction conspiracy theory from the reality, which is just completely insane in itself. Hmm. And so, like, if you can successfully discount these people for believing in QAnon, that successfully runs cover for the actual reality. (laughs) It's a big ARG. (laughs) I think that the the difference is just that with a lot of the sort of right-wing conspiracy theories, they are, and I don't want to, you know, give credit to this sort of Cut crazy mind, mind, mind. <laughs> but they're a lot more fun, you know. Mm. <laughs> like the left. Depends on what you're into. No, you're 100 right. The lefty conspiracy theories are just like, yeah, I mean, it's people in boardrooms just sh- shaking each other's hands to be like, mm. absolutely, let's kill everybody. Whereas the right wing conspiracies have robes and candles, and, yeah. you <laughs> know, like fun. cool shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, like actually, that's so true. Every single left wing conspiracy is really fucking bleak. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you're right about a lot of conspiracy <laughs> theories, but I do have to break it to you: the conspiracy theories are a lot more boring. Yeah, <laughs> well, but like the, the what idea am I that into it for? Leaders are about to be. A 
arrested. Yeah. There'll be tanks on the streets and tanks are cool as fuck. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and there's going to be a big violent takeover. And are you going to be cool, strong man when this happens? Right. Cool. That's one where it's like the right wing conspiracy theories are mm. still like, look, but the thing is, there is a bigger authority that we can appeal to. Mm. And that's what needs to be done is appeal to a bigger authority hard enough and then their tanks will roll in and arrest Dan Andrews. Whereas the lefties are like, oh, no. (laughs) Left-wing conspiracies are just like on the couch from Donnie Darko. Like, I've come up with another conspiracy theory. Is it a new conspiracy theory or is it just capitalism again? It's just capitalism again. Speaking of uh, left-wing conspiracy theories, the Labour Party. (laughs) (laughs) The Labour Party was started by the CIA to to appear like we had two parties. A quick I was gonna say like a quick gear change, but the fact that we have meandered from power shop to Donnie Darko references for conspiracy <laughs> theories, it's just like we've meandered Honestly, into yeah. the <laughs> we've, next we've, bit. Here. What is the Australian government but a thing where Shell can buy power? <laughs> 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 it's very Fucking good. bleak. Um, <laughs> we mentioned last week the uh, religious discrimination bill that it looked like the Labor Party would be supporting in principle. They were making a lot of noise about like, oh, we might not like it. And then backbenchers were backgrounding being like, I don't think we should risk it, gang. Um, and we heard about how it was all in an effort to not get wedged. Mm-hmm. Can't get wedged Labor. Holy shit. It, they were very successfully wedged. But uh, can't, can't, can't wedge Labor. And this week... So much shit has just happened sort of all at once that the Labor Party are like genuinely just indistinguishable from the Liberal Party. If you just look at like mm. what they do, the voting patterns. Well, and we don't, the Lib, we can't be seen being told what to do by the Liberal Party. <laughs> so what we'll do is anticipate their needs ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally it. Like, um, so they still haven't, they haven't, made a decision yet on the religious freedoms bill. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still like, they're, they're basically like, we're going to have another committee. Mind you, I want to remind listeners again that this has been going on since fucking 2018. Yep. This is like the most drawn out bullshit for no reason. This is Barnaby Joyce about the, the carbon. Oh, we can't be expected to, to come up with a figure in a, a two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that new though. Uh, but, but yeah, this week was like pretty much a repeat of last week, which is we need to have like another committee. We need to have another analysis of the bill, like with the new proposed amendments and then we'll decide if it actually discriminates we against queers or not. We need to decide if we hate gay people or God. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting to see that the arguments for this are increasingly, like, I mean, it's already not existent. You can't mm. argue in favour of it without saying Labor also agrees to hate gay people. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, like it is interesting to see like the the arguments that Labor supporters have online have pretty much dried up to the point where I've seen people saying actually, yeah, that if if Labor does vote in favor, like specifically in favor of this, that is a huge betrayal. Yeah. It yeah. is it is not what I signed up to be in part of the Labor Party. This is actually the first time I've seen that sort of um, belief, especially from true believers. They finally realised the four-dimensional chess is just not. Yeah. They just <laughs> spilled the pieces on the ground. Yeah, like, uh, I think it's uh, it's literally just reminding them how many times we've been told, yeah, well, we're not in power, so you should really take your concerns to the LNP, <laughs> but when we're, you should vote for this and we'll all vote in favour of this and when we get in power, then we'll change it. Yeah, and then, and then you show them every single time they promised that and then when the Gillard government and the Rudd government were in power they didn't change fuck all mm. and they're like oh 
<laughs> also, <laughs> they've been in power once in the last like 25 years. Yeah. So, like, clearly the strategy of doing this isn't fucking working either. The whole idea about, like, well, we're going to oh, dodge, dodge, dodge the wedge. strategy last election. They took a lot of policies, but they still fundamentally don't believe in uh, providing any kind of leadership or advancing a platform that they hold. They just want to follow people to where they are. They're doing the Hillary Clinton thing again, which is like, if you ask, if you throw out the question, which is, does the Labour Party have any policies that they're willing to stand by? Some little creep comes into your replies and says have you checked the website <laughs> and like okay yes i've looked at the website they do have apologies a, a policy strategy on there but none of it actually is well. a like Im- well none of it's imaginative first of fucking all <laughs> I, I think that what really bothers me about politics in australia and as a whole like you know progressive politics is just the dearth of imagination yeah. Like, like a better, like I know it's like a very sort of socialist trope to say, like you know, imagining a better world is possible, but they can't even imagine in any sort of way that things could be better yeah. in the short term to like really like say, okay, well this is quite a risky strategy, but you know what, things are pretty bad right now, so let's just fucking go for it. I think I think that's why like people like appeal to right wing so much because it seems really radical and quick. I think a real tell is that if you ask Labor what their policies are, they treat that as a trap. Yeah. Um, mm. Whereas if you ask, you know, the socialists or the right wingers what their policies are, they go. <gasps> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think as well, like the, the conservatives do imagine a quote unquote better future. It's the one that is more like back in the day. Yeah. yeah. If you vote for us, we do have a vision for the future. It's like how you remember it. They want we'll pat you things. on the head and yeah. But I just want to run through because Evie, you mentioned how you know some people are finally going. Actually, why can't the Labor Party in from opposition just oppose some shit? This will be a betrayal. Like, I don't know how many times the Labor Party can fucking throw good ideas under the bus for the sake of not getting wedged. Because mm. I just want to run through quickly some of the shit that they did, like, through the week oh, the last Lord. fortnight. <laughs> it's fu- So, they did a deal with the Liberal parties to stop charities from advocating on political <sighs> issues, which oh, companies Lord. can do. So, uh, according to Ebony Bennett, she's the Deputy Director of the Australian Institute, they rammed the bill through the Senate with a guillotine on debate, no Senate inquiry, no consultation with the charity sector. What's really fucked about this bill that they did a deal on is that they... Essentially, charities could advocate at the moment for political issues and they want to put a cap on that Mm -hmm. to make sure that they can only, you know, uh, put so much money into some sort of issue. And if they go beyond that, they risk losing their charitable status. Yeah. They, so essentially you're saying, all right, fine, you can advocate for an issue, but you will stop being a charity. Yeah. Legally. It's because, Mitch, you see, here we go. (laughs) Here we fucking go. If you're a charity, then you should just be giving food. To starving people. But if you're like, they shouldn't be starving, hold on now. You're a political operation. Mm. You're not a charity anymore. And so for the Labor Party to do that, they and this is the fuck thing as well. Talk about getting fucking wedged. They did this deal to scrap the voter ID laws that were trying to be put through oh, as well. okay. Which is, so isn't, do you, that, isn't that fucking delightful? Do you want the, t- the flaming turd in a bag or a shit sandwich? <laughs> this is, this, so this is like, whenever Labor talk about, you know, they don't want to get wedged or they want to give the government room to move on a bill or whatever. Just keep in mind that what the Liberal Party are doing is simultaneously stabbing and shitting on the Labor Party at every <laughs> opportunity. They're never giving them room to move. They are always making their life difficult. And every single time they go, ah, but pretty soon politics will come into play and the adults will get on board with things. So like, you fucking rude. Labor yeah, stands no. there. They want people to be able to vote but not have a voice through charities. We're fine with people having a voice individually but not collectively. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, they also uh, are going to when they finally announce it. But this is how backgrounding stuff works. But um, they're they're going to dump a contentious plan to set new fuel standards for millions of motorists. Uh, as a quote, in a bid to neutralise a growing political attack from Prime Minister Scott Morrison ahead of a bigger fight on climate change, I which I will remind everyone listening will not fucking work. No. In any way, the Liberal Party will still attack them, as proven by the fact that the ALP released a climate plan recently. And Evie, as you were saying, I don't know if you uh, looked on the website, Evie, um, <laughs> but there's a lot of words and they're very boring and they just sort of go like they, they feel like grey noise in your mind. And the, I, I, I did see a, a, a tweet <laughs> and I don't know how true it is. So just take this with a grain of salt. But apparently Scott Morrison is already backgrounding journalists and their attack on the Labor Party is going to be that the targets that they released are weak mm. yeah. and they're not as strong on climate action as the Liberal Party. Uh, and of course they're going to do that. And they're so- fucking not wrong. <laughs> That's also so funny that they're like, the, the Labor Party has reduced their targets, like to a less ambitious target than than their previous platform, so that they've they've become weaker on climate change. The Liberal Party obviously have even worse targets. They're like, oh, you're going for forty three percent. We're going for I don't know twenty percent or something. But it's a strong twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's dedicated. It's got with a hat. technology. Yeah, it's a carbon capture and storage. Hydrogen. Yeah, you got a 40 p- 43%? What's oh, 43? Oh, just, just quickly on that, too. Fucking Labor Party last election took 45% of the election. And so this time they settled on 43. Which, That's the most focus group. Oh. Oh, you know they were fucking stoked, too. It's like, here's how we thread the needle, guys. 45%? Way, way too ambitious. Shave Couldn't off a do. two. But it's a fuck me dead. 43 is not even a good round number, you dickheads. But these percentages also, like, you're not. It's not like you're committing that much money into a budget and you can control it. You're trying to, like, fudge our emissions targets by affecting large-scale economies. You can't aim for one of those. The, the thing, yeah, 43.79%. Yeah. That just what? depends on if it's a good year for the beef industry or not. <laughs> you can't I just want to like, that. I want to conflate a couple of things here too with that. Cause like, you're right as well in pointing out that saying 43 is a meaningless figure mm. because it's still approximating the effect of yeah. various mm. parts of bits in the system. So like, the thing I was talking about before with lack of imagination and also like not being able to like, <laughs> clearly state what your beliefs and policies are without saying, have you looked at the website, is if you're going to, like, say something, if you're going to lie, you may as well be fucking bombastic about it and actually imagine something that's more beneficial. Labor's only going to try 2% less hard. That's exactly the the Liberal Party's point then, right? Right. Where they're just like, yes, it's 20%. And that's a strong 20% because we're like, yeah, we're not going to reduce emissions at all. Fuck it. Climate change is going to be fine. That is mm. a very strong mm. thing to say. Yeah. That's a bold promise. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, people look at the Labor Party and they see that sort of lily-livered nature mm. of just, like, constantly being mm. afraid of being bullied. Oh, net about zero by 2030. Change. Let's. How about net 0.05 by 2033 June? <laughs> June. 20, yeah, 2034, 33 financial. Is it any one? Shut up! Oh, 
gets more boring and worse. Don't let me. I'm going to get that fucking wedgie glove. <laughs> That's the thing, though. Like, people already see the Labor's, Labor Party and the Greens as, like, so-called intellectual elites in a bad way. They mm. see that. They've accepted that as being, like, a, a mark against them. So if they're going to be all, like, sort of intellectual and sort of posturing about it, that plays even worse and that doesn't uh, and it's not like to the base or whatever like you know you know middle australia that plays badly to me too i don't see a bunch of fucking wonks talking about like multiple tiny little percentages be bold about it or fuck off. Yeah, well, um, I just want to. I just want to say really quickly as well. Uh, um, uh, just, just really quick. I'm still not even done with what the Labor Party did this oh, week. No. <laughs> just, as a, just as a quick thing, yeah. you mentioned the Greens yeah. as well. Yeah. They're not fucking. Do- those two things are egregious. They've done. They didn't even fucking stop. The Greens also uh, tried to pass a motion to uh, stop grants for Beetaloo Basin fracking and like gas oh, extraction yep. and whatnot. The Labor Party sided with the coalition to oppose that motion, which would have cancelled $50 million worth of taxpayer-funded grants for gas exploration in the Basin. So when you're talking about, like, they can't hit 43%. They can't. But they could, like, get somewhere between 60 and 70% if they stopped this shit. That's the thing. So they're like, oh, well, you know, we didn't want to get wedged. And when we did have an opportunity to get a big win... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't take it. Well, we didn't want to seem like the Greens because we mean, hate them too. There's yeah. the, the very real fact that the Labor Party accepts a huge amount of money from the fossil oh, yeah. fuel industry. And so, I mean, even us now buying their line mm, that they're yeah. interested in acting on climate no. is kind of advancing a pro-Labor Party narrative, being like, maybe they're telling the truth when they say they want to reduce rem- emissions, rather than, we've just got a one-party country that is called the Labour and Liberal Party. They pretend to be two different people, but it's fucking... I was going to say a different movie other than Fight Club, but it would have been a spoiler for that movie. It's <laughs> but they're the same guy. Yeah. The one thing that Labour earnestly believes in and does put their money behind is fossil fuels. Yeah. Labour is in power in, in Northern Territory, in Western Australia, in Victoria... In Queensland, all three of which are pushing new, huge, big, planet-destroying fossil yeah. fuel developments. And Labor is 100% behind yeah. that all the way. If yeah. they meant it, they would do something on a state-based level, but they're doing the exact opposite. Mm. Also, like... Or on a federal-based level, mm. which they could have this week and didn't. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I was just thinking back to the original argument that we were, like, t- discussing before of, like, you know, well, when, where you should go to the opposition if you have concerns about this policy. We're going to vote with them, and then when we're in mm. power, we'll just change it. You can't we'll fucking do that to the beetaloo base because if you mine it, you mine it. That's done. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, yeah. so, like, what, what sort of excuse do you have for voting with the Liberal Party on that? You're not going to change it back because it's done. Oh, well, they've got, they've, they've got a plan that once you vote them in, they'll promise to pull all of the carbon out of the air to the Beetaloo Basin. But we have to be in power first. They're going to invent time machines, which are as feasible as carbon capture and storage. <laughs> And they're going to go back and then they're going to change the vote. When they're, but when they're in power first, Evie, they have to be in power first. We have to be in power, Evie. We absolutely cannot oppose things from the opposition. That's dumb. We don't get into power like that. Because as we all know as well, famously, Tony Abbott, terrible in opposition. He didn't do any attacking. They didn't win him an election at all. I just like, and this is, you know... Yeah, because I, I don't like the whole, you know, uh, we, we, realistically you have to support Labor because we only have two parties. 
but then you get a lot of lefties doing the whole like, well, realistically, you can't vote Victorian socialists. You have to support the Greens because they, the Greens can hold the balance of power, blah, blah, blah. And to a degree, it's like, I think... I mean, the Greens didn't used to hold the balance of power ever. How the fuck do you think they came up? They vote, people voted for them. That's what I'm saying. So, like, but like, so there is the thing of like, look, maybe we should just get behind the Greens to go hard on this when we can. But it's just, it's, it's just this thing of like, they, also, the Labour Party aren't even giving me hope that if the Greens got some sort of balance of power, that they'd be able to do what they did with Gillard yeah. again. They've gotten so fucking decrepit in the interim that just, like, I just don't think... I reckon they would go back to an election or they'd do a fucking... Like, they would... The coalition would split and they'd sign up with the Nationals. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like that's as plausible to me now also, as they're like, going power sharing. Oh, the, I mean, the, the coalition would split and the Liberals and Labor would join forces. 100%. Also, Indies are still, like, effective as well. Like, who who do people have to go crawling to to, like, get the final votes across the board? They still need to go to Jackie Lambie and Pauline yeah. Hanson mm-hmm. and yeah. people like that. To, like, to say that, like, individual sort of independent um, people aren't effective on their own is patently false because yeah. they still hold the balance of power. They're still there. But, yeah, like, it, again, it, I think it just comes – like, my full dissatisfaction with this is that I think – you mentioned Tony Abbott before. I think people ha- no. <laughs> apology not accepted. Um, but it Mitch actually is put it, a dollar in the <laughs> Tony Abbott jar. It actually just it, it made me realise something. Australian progressives have not come to terms with how Tony Abbott won in the same way that American progressives did not come to terms with the fact that Trump won. Yeah. They like it was such a like it's one of those things where they see Tony Abbott as a slam dunk couldn't possibly lose against him mm. that that win I mean I remember the election night that he won yeah mm. I remember being so horrified even me like now in looking at now I mean I was wearing a green shirt in a pub at the time so <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like I just remember just like how on, how on fucking earth could this possibly happen yeah he was he was aggressively opposing things and he was bold yeah with his mm. statements fucking. Axe the tax. Axe the tax. Ditch the witch. Yeah. Over and over and over again. Sorry, slogans work. Yeah. You don't have to be racist about it, Labour Party. We've got our <laughs> slogans on the website. It's sit down, buffhead. It's on a shirt. It's twenty nine ninety five. You yeah. can get the shit. Yeah. 43%. 43%. We're going to aim to have most of this tax axed within a decade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, imagine this is the other thing. You, like fucking Evie, you did the search on Albo's Twitter for all the times he mentioned should. Oh. His things. But imagine if Tony Abbott spent the whole time going, "We should axe the tax. Mm. We, uh, 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 government get- should get rid of that tax." Yeah, like, fucking. And also, no. like, so many of those shoulds have just like really pissed me off because they already exist on a state based level. But <laughs> obviously, like me, this is me having a specific a specific bug bear about like Albo being like we should have uh, a public transport built in Australia we should build trams here in Australia and every fucking Victorian gunzel in the replies going we do dickhead <laughs> we have a factory here yeah, we make them here I need votes in a, <laughs> in a labor government shut up shut up <laughs> I sort of worry that at some level we're doing a Catherine Murphy here where <laughs> We're buying take into that put it in the jar. <laughs> I think we're we're arguing with the labor labor kind of messaging as if they're sincere. Mm. Um, I think yeah. we fall into that trap because we see them as like, oh, they they're trying to do the right thing. They just suck at it. I really think, and and we keep coming around to actually, obviously, they do work for the fossil fuel companies. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, they don't give the slightest shit. They don't actually care about these things. They're just saying. 
what they need to say to get votes. Oh, our conspiracy theories are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, but we keep being like, why don't you message better? Why don't, why don't you have stronger things? Why are you playing to the centre instead of appealing to left? They don't want to appeal to the left. Yeah. The purpose I, of the I, I system think, I, is what it does. I think you're right that they don't want to appeal to the left, but I, I don't think they're running a wrecker strategy. I think Albo does want to be Prime Minister, and I think the Labour Party do want to win. I don't mm. think it goes far enough to just be like, how can we water down our message enough to get the Liberal Party back sure. in? Sure. And so, so when we say, like, you know, fix your fucking messaging, implicit behind that as well is if you get in power and start doing horrible shit to the environment, fuck you Keep all the way to hell and back. Like, it... Yeah, um, well, but they're not in power. Like. <laughs> they are in several states. <laughs> but that's, so that's that's what I sort of mean. Is that like you know, to, we have a bet. We do maybe have a better chance of a Greens power holding Labor minority government working on climate change. We at least have a historical precedent for that. Yeah. It will not happen under the Liberal Party. So at the very fucking least, if the Labor Party could try a bit harder in yeah. how they're pretending to want to do it so that we give the independents and the Vic Socialists and the Greens a chance to actually get in there. And then when they get in, force them to do it. That's because true. Julie Gillard was also going, I'm going to do all this sort of stuff. Fossil fuel industry, don't worry about it. But all this other cool stuff, I'm totally going to do it. And then she had to form a government with the Greens and went, oh, fuck, I actually have to do it. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. no. And Abbott, that's what he picked up on and just went, you've got to do that now. Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> that's true. And Labour are easy to wedge. Shout outs this week Um, There's a cool new podcast uh, Solidaritas to the podcast Uh, Tom Ballard and Emerald Moon Have released a podcast That is just ours (laughs) <laughs> it's just more, it's just more good shit It's just more good shit yeah. They're as angry about the same sort of things yeah. um, One of the hosts is uh, like in the metal punk scene uh, That makes him super cool um, <laughs> And the other one's Tom Bell <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's called Serious Danger And it's fucking really good And un- like as we've always sort of said More podcasts, start a podcast yeah. do it. And shout out a podcast Get them on it. So, yeah. yeah, check them out. It's really fucking cool. It's, yeah, that's excellent. Um, also, shout out to the big three. <laughs> no! Oh, that's $3 in the jar. <laughs> Greg Hunt, Christian Porter, Alan Tudge, all leaving politics to just presumably take very well-paid uh, positions in the private sector. Yeah, one of them's going to become a KPMG partner. Mark oh, good on him. No, no, I don't know that for sure. I'm just predicting the future. <laughs> I saw a slogan from KPMG on a billboard the other day that was like, all the world's a customer. That's like... Oh, oh, oh damn. He said it. He said it. <laughs> he admit it. He admit it. <laughs> he admit it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, great news that we just like won't have to look at their horrible faces as much. Is that, is that defo to say that they're just unpleasant? I'm not even saying they're physically ugly. I'm just saying that I feel sad to know that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I did. I did write up a bunch of stuff in the notes about all of their like just the worst egregious sort of stuff that all three of them did, and some of it's really fucking horrible. Mm. But my favourite one is um, uh, Greg Hunt. Uh, claiming that his Twitter account was hacked and that he liked a tweet from BW Pumper 69 That's right. <laughs> Good time. Always funny. No, don't want to shame Greg Hunt for liking BBWs, but also, like, you no, definitely did that, dude. It, yeah, the, the, the shame isn't in looking at porn ever. It's fucking, <laughs> oh, I was hacked. Oh, quick. I yeah. used government resources. See, my phone was hacked. Did it you know? Hacked, did you know there were, he, he called for an AFP investigation, but they refused to reveal actually anything about it mm. under FOI? I'm pretty sure that they uh, – actually, I was listening to um, Serious Danger this morning and apparently they found that it wasn't a hack 
<laughs> so it was just left as this weird mystery of like, oh. yeah, no, we, we did, did investigate. Say. You weren't hacked. He's like, oh, I guess that's case closed. Oh, right. What? <laughs> Big <Yeah>. mystery then. <laughs> um, and actions this week change from Power Shop. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. I, I do also have one more shout out. Shout out to Victoria. Like while we were talking about like the federal Labor government just fucking up their religious discrimination bill, um, the um, Victorian government finally passed um, our counter bill, which was actually the one that we had in the first place, to make sure that um, LGBTQI teachers, staff and students and anyone using religious um, facilities, so it's not actually just schools, it's also like using religious services. Yeah. are all protected and not mm. discriminated against. Yeah, nice. It's a nice. huge win. Yeah, um, and it's something also that was won not only on the basis of, you know, the Labor government, but also on the crossbench. So, yeah, so all the independents, Fiona Patton, um, you know, like, and this is also, this is why taking your personal story and lobbying politicians fucking works. Like, yeah. even if you know that they may be, you know, inclined to vote in, in a direction that you might do you need to get that over the line because yeah. politics is politics people can sometimes take a deal you need to make sure that it personally affects you and the people that you love mm. and a lot of these sort of crossbench politicians talk about the fact that they heard so many stories of you know teachers who are not even just being fired necessarily but living with that fear yeah mm. totally yeah and just like you know there's lots of like very public examples of people who have been discriminated against but even just the quiet stories of people taking on a job and not being able to be open and yeah. like you know about their lives is enormously impactful so I hope, like, you know, it's a huge win. It probably will come up in a high court challenge eventually if, like, the federal <laughs> if the federal bill eventually passes. Yeah. Um, you know, the fight isn't over yet. But it's also just I, I really hope it's an important reminder that one of the individual actions you can do is literally just harangue your local MP mm. to make sure that they vote in your favour. That's yeah. a thing that I've been thinking about recently. Is like obviously, obviously, I can be very entertaining and funny when talking about climate change. <laughs> I'm very angry, but I'm also I also carry the rare ability of being able to be very sad about climate change. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, maybe I should just do more of that. I'm mm. just like calling up Jed Carney and just being like. Hey, mate, I don't even want to tell you how to vote. I just wanted to tell you about how I'm just, like, fucking sad about climate change. I've been having a rough week and I misdialed Lifeline and I got to you. Do you have a second to talk (laughs) about how sad climate change is making me feel? And even now I'm talking about being sad in a jokey tone, but... If I'm calling Jed, yeah, you just. I, I'm just going to bring out the for real sad, and maybe we should all do that. Well, maybe yeah. just stop being angry to politicians because they're used to people being angry, yeah. and just have a cry. <laughs> actions this week. Actions yeah. this week. Have a cry to an MP. Yeah, like don't bother with like like I mean, boiler template emails help to an extent and like we have used them in sort of lobbying campaigns and that sort of thing but make it personal that's what really gets through yeah past, uh, past the administration the other day and thinking about how she might not have a future yeah there you go here's a great crayon drawing she drew. Tell tell Jed Kearney. That, Jed Kearney. yeah do you, do you want my niece to have a future or not this yeah. is on no, you no you, you switched into anger yeah Oh, good point. Stay sad. Yeah. I guess my niece doesn't have a future. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a That's crayon cool. drawing of a koala on fire. How do you feel? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. But yeah, like I guess my action this week is just be sad at a local MP. Yeah. yeah. Tell them how your your future lies in their hands. <laughs> stay sad. Stay strong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks again for listening to another episode of Not Good Enough. Uh, please share us by word of mouth. That's the just genuinely the best thing you can do. But also share us on your social media and give us a like a little like tag us on a tweet and being like, this is the best fucking podcast I've ever listened to. Holy <laughs> shit. It's so good. Um, and also review us on any of the apps that allow reviews. That's really good. Yep. Um, and hit us up <laughs> at Not Good Pod on, on social Maps. medias, emails, <laughs> notgoodpod at protonmail.com. What? Yeah, I just said review us on Google Maps. <laughs> It's just a funny place to find a review sometimes. (laughs) Not Good Enough was recorded on the lands of the Kulin Nations, true owners, caretakers and custodians of the land from which we record. Uh, We pay respect to elders, past and present, and sovereignty was never ceded.